to go back to the roots. I want to go back to the basics. The little John Jay. Okay. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about the little John Jay and the, and the beginnings of what, you know, you know, what made you, kind of how you grew up. Okay. So first of all, there's a new little John Jay, and he's right there in the front. His name is Jonah Jay. <laughs> and he came to visit. Yeah. So basically, um, if we're going for a short version of, of where I started, we're going to get to where I, I've gone and where I'm getting, yeah. right? That's, that's the whole point of today. But where I started is um, everybody starts somewhere. And often I go and I meet people and I talk and people say I started from the bottom and, and you know, I got here and I did this and I did that. And everybody's bottom is very, very different. Um, my bottom was very, very low um, in the sense that when I was young, my father died when I was five years old. And um, my mother has, um, she's deaf and she's blind, and my mother is also slow. So back then there was no real, I guess she was from a family of 21 kids where six of them died <laughs> at birth, and another four had passed away in their first years of life. And then there were two twins. There was a lot of sickness, uh, basically. And so my mom's blind deaf. My father died when I was five years old. I grew up on welfare. Uh, earning, 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 receiving about $500 a month for our family income to survive uh, in 2nd Avenue in Verdun. So I started at the, the lowest possible common denominator besides being homeless. What's the first memory you have of doing business or transacting? What's the first thing you do? John Jay, how did it start? Okay, well, Lemonade stand? Like, what's the classic story? No, no, no. They're, they're, well, <laughs> this, this was an, I, I didn't transact, but... I'm an idea guy, right? You know yeah, that. I like yeah. call you and I tell you to incorporate this and incorporate yeah. that and do that. So um, my first real idea that I remember was a legitimate business idea, but I, I didn't do anything with it because it was impossible. But it's quite simple. I had told somebody, I want to create a mirror that makes ugly people look beautiful. <laughs> and I was probably <laughs> like nine years old. And the person I told it to happened to be a friend of my aunt's thought I was a genius. I didn't know I was a genius. I was just thinking of something simple. So that's my first business thought that I could remember. The, the first times I made money as, as a youth were very simple. So I grew up in Verdun. Verdun, it's like triplexes and quadruplexes. They're all like stacked next to each other. Thousands of people live on a block, you know? So in, 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 uh, in regards to that, the way you can make money is go door to door and figure out any way you can to make money because that's how you're going to make it. So I sold chocolates from a guy who was scamming chocolates. Like I thought it was, he was like using kids to sell chocolates to other people. We would keep 50 cents, he'd keep a buck 50. It was supposed to go to a good cause, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't going to a good cause. We would do the general thing where you collect bottles door to door. So you go door to door, you collect bottles, you get two bucks. There you go, you go play Street Fighter for a couple of hours, right? There's nothing else you could do. Um, and uh, just a general series of things like that. So the, the first real job, I guess, I was 12. And um, that chocolate scamming guy who was scamming chocolates scammed enough people to buy a couple of donut shops in Verdun. And then I got a job cleaning his donut shops as like a janitor. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I drove my bike there and That's cleaned great. up his donut shops. So tell me about the first time you get, I mean, you're in the, you're, everyone knows you're in, you're in clubs. Hmm? You started, you know, when I had a fake ID and I was getting into clubs, one of the first places I used my fake ID was Coquinos. You never told me that. Well, I, 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 was gonna, I was saving it for, for tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me about what happened with your first foray. How did you get into that industry? Okay. And what happened? Okay. So I'm going <laughs> to... So let's go back to 
I, I grew up really, really poor. <laughs> no, we're going to go back to that to take a few more steps forward. So before I got into that club, I had started a, a record label. And at that record label, uh, I had like three or four artists. And it was during the Puffy era and so on and so forth. And I imagined myself that I was going to be the white puffy of Montreal, <laughs> Anglo music, where you can only play French music. So you see bad ideas. But um, <laughs> in, in, in that period of time, I did actually uh, release a few singles and make a little bit of money and promoted a few events in the city. For the most part, it was a big flop and a big waste of time. But I got to like grow corn rolls and get like, <laughs> I had big earrings and stuff and I thought I was a real- uh, We're gonna circulate pictures, we have, we have I, some footage. I, I, I have pictures, but whatever. So that, that didn't work out, but in that foray, I had met this guy named Romero, who was a promoter in Montreal that specialized in hip hop and R&B parties in Montreal. And I used, to, I used to be big into the urban scene before the urban scene really existed in Montreal. So I was involved in Carabana, this thing called Rap Superstar and stuff like that, like events that I threw across the city or that I sponsored or that I had a float at, like Carabana, I had a float. And this guy that was an urban promoter approached me and said he was buying Coquinos. So when he had said he was buying Coquinos, he was looking for investors. And because I was the guy with like all the gold and the bling bling and the corn rolls <laughs> yeah. and I had a nice car and stuff, he thought I had way more money than I had at the time. Was, I, was, I was fronting. Now I'm going back to ghetto rich. This is, this is where it goes. <laughs> so I had some money, but not what, I, what, 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 you, what I looked like I had. Anyways, I thought that was cool and I was like, wow, I get to be a club owner now and this is awesome. And, I don't know, maybe I'm going to meet girls or something like everybody <laughs> yeah. does, right? Extra girls or who? Anyways, extra girls, let's not yeah. go there, not extra girls. <laughs> Sorry. Let's, I, not talk, I, let's not talk I about the extra girls. Back. I take that back, Cece. <laughs> so so in, 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 this, in, in this story, he approaches me, he asks me to invest X amount of dollars into, uh, into uh, Coquino to buy it. And I think it's a great idea, so I do it. And... Um, Another bad idea, actually, <laughs> now that I, we're, gonna, we're going with bad ideas. So I invested the money. Romero turned out to be a guy that was not honest. Everything that I said before about choosing moral people with good moral compasses and you know, that you could trust was, was not that guy. And he had given himself a bad name in the industry, which I wasn't a part of, so I didn't know. But a lot of people didn't want to work with him. So we would print like... 40,000 flyers and then we'd hire a group of flyer guys to go flyer them and they would throw them in the garbage because they hated Romero. So we were like, so we, started, we had a bad start, okay? <laughs> so within our first six months of operation, we had lost, and it was still Coquino at this time, right? We had lost uh, something like $100,000, which is a lot in that industry, especially back then because rents were like $8,000. We're going back 20 years now. So I... My puffy idea didn't work out, obviously, so I had no income from my puffy dream. And my club <laughs> dream of like, oh, I'm the cool guy hanging around and just the girls are going to follow me around. When your club's not popular, the girls don't follow you around. <laughs> just so you guys all know, if you have a banging club, people love it. But if you have the kind of club that was, no. They don't come. They say, oh, man, I'm going somewhere else. So... Um, <laughs> what happened What happened then was a complete failure. So my puffy dream wasn't working, the club dream wasn't working. I, I, I was like, man, I, if I don't figure something out, I started pretty well and into my early 20s I did well for myself, but like I'm going way back to where I was with zero. So to, uh, to make it work, 
I took over a night at the club, which is Fridays, because Romero tricked me, because Saturdays is generally the best, easiest night for a nightclub to work, and people go out no matter what. Fridays is a little more tricky. So I took over the Friday night, and by chance, I hired a few promoters, I worked with a few people, and um, we brought that Friday to be better than the Saturday in a short period of time. And then, since he was such a bad partner, it led me to buying him out, and then I took over the majority shares of that business, and from there, it was written.